This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to monday.com. If you have bills and debt piling up, a personal loan through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track if eligible. Visit netcredit.com today. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com/partners for more information. Hello listeners, hope you guys are doing well. My name's Omar. If you're listening to the show on Friday the 8th of January and it's in the morning, this evening at eight o'clock, myself, Mickey and Neil Fizzler will be live on Twitter. We'll be testing out something different just to preview tomorrow's game against Bournemouth. So if you want to get involved, be sure to check our socials, get involved on that side of things. And yeah, roll the show. Welcome everyone back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Today I'm joined by my two regular co-hosts. I've got Mickey. How you doing, mate? Akida. Akida. How you doing? I'm all right, mate. Yeah. Yeah, Welsh boy. I'm going to call you from now on anyway. I think That's I just labelled you that. That's so, it. I think I might change my Twitter account as well. Shout out to our Twitter followers. I mean, we caused a bit of a stir, what well, I did anyway, so we'll get onto that later on in the show. And also I've got Neil with me, Neil Fizzler. How you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, how you going, Omar? Not too bad, thank you, mate. I mean, we're here today just to preview Saturday's game. We've got Boreham Wood in the FA Cup. The magic of the FA Cup is back. <laughs> Mill travel to Meadows Park, 12 p.m. kickoff, guys. Make sure you tune into that. I don't think we're on TV anywhere, but obviously yes, the FA we Cup. Are. We're on, uh, yeah, it's on, uh, it's on BT Extra. Yeah, wow. So you, if you've got BT Extra at home, you can tune into it. I'm sure it'll be 
stream somewhere or probably on iFollow. BBC's website or, or the FA's website as well. And I think I'm pretty sure they've got the deal with Bet365 in the past where you can bet on the game and watch them. But anyway, so yeah, Saturday, FA Cup is back. I think probably a welcome distraction after the weekend. That's just gone. What are we expecting? I mean, before actually I do get onto that game, actually, I'll quickly shout out a great interview that Neil done on the week with uh, Robbie Ryan and Barry Cogan into the Lions Den. It was a great show, wasn't it, Neil? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Another, yeah, another one of our series of uh, interviews with past players, obviously. Both played for us in the cup final, although I think that Barry's the forgotten man of that cup final because he came on so late. Robbie Ryan, what a character. Really is a top bloke, isn't he? Anybody uh, who hasn't listened to that, I highly recommend you listen to it. And also check out our back catalogue of interviews. I think we've got a nice little selection up there now, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, it's one of my best, one of the best ones that I've seen, for, uh, to be fair. I'm not going to lie. I think it was a really good show during the weekend. Obviously, great insight from the guys and just obviously all around the FA Cup. So who wants to, who wants any more from that, right? Anyway, so on the weekend, we've got Boreham Woods. What are we expecting going into the game, chaps? I mean, Mickey, I'll come to you first, mate. It's going to be, it's a typical banana skin sort of game, I feel like. Boreham Wood is the first time they've been in the third round of the FA Cup. What do you reckon, mate? Uh, it's got banana skin written all over it, it? It's got... You see, the thing is with these FA Cups with the, with the no-opers, it's dodgy pitch, um, it's dodgy changing rooms, everything there, it's all side, and we go in there thinking we're going to smash these little minnows apart and then we end up being tucked up and getting done. Um, hopefully I make a wholesale change with the team this week for it, um, put some young blood in there possibly, rest some of the, the senior players, and see where we go from there, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit nervous going into it. You're steering my you're steering my show notes already onto the next talking point. So let's slow down a minute whilst we uh, preview the game to fact check you just a little bit because we've got Matthew Messiano coming on later in the show from BBC County Radios or BBC Three Counties. I think he's from. Sorry, um, he told me that uh, they've got a standard pitch like Arsenal's Emirates Stadium because Arsenal's youth and women's team play there. So as non-league grounds go. And I think, Neil, we saw it on the YouTube with a, a certain YouTuber going there for his On The Road series. It's going to be a, it should be a good footballing game, not just a proper FA Cup tie. Mate, they are really going to fancy this. They're going to look at Millwall's or will our form over the last month and a half. And they are seriously going to fancy their chances. They'll watch that game last weekend and they'll be licking their lips in anticipation of us going there especially if we are going to make changes yeah this is this is this is a game where it's got shock written all over it hasn't it it really has unless so. we unless we're mentally switched on in a way that we haven't looked for long periods of this season we are going. We could end up on the seriously on the wrong end of a of a shock this weekend. And the, yeah, we'll just say yeah that Mickey's actually given Boreham Woods team talk for them. I think. Question on it: Is it has Boreham Woods? Obviously, they're non-league, aren't they? Have they um have they been stopped playing football now? Or are they still playing? I think Conference and Conference South and North continue because it classes as elite sports still because you've got some right. professional clubs within there. So yeah. they still carry on as usual, obviously, behind closed doors. But yeah, I mean, it is set up to be a good tantalising cup tie, I feel like. You know, like I said, it's the first time in the FA Cup third round. 
Matt goes into more detail of us, but you know they've had some good wins along the way, which you'll see later on against Southend in particular. I know Southend's a struggling football league club at the minute, but no minnows nonetheless. You mentioned team lineup, Mickey, and obviously changes coming in and probably wholesale changes. I don't know if it's going to be complete wholesale, uh, Neil, but you know it'd be good to see hopefully. McLemore in the team back on from St. Johnston with James Brown going the other way. Hopefully he still feels good. Um, Tyler Bury, you know, on the wing, you know, I think he'll be a good opportunity for him to show what he can do, right? Yeah, I think he, yeah, I think he's already intimated that he's going to make one or two changes, hasn't he? And I think it needs to be made. I think he needs to shake things up a bit. I think there are probably one or two players quite comfortable in the, Sorry, yeah, no, well, I'm, yeah, no, well, I'm losing my train of thought. I'll give Neil credit there. Like, He's trying to persevere, but my James Brown line, I think it's... Yeah, what you lot can't see is we've <laughs> actually got a side chat, yeah? And Mickey has actually written, you come Omar, the James Brown line. And I was reading that, and I'm and I've just completely lost my train of trouble thought. Trouble is, yeah, the trouble is, Neil, yeah, this isn't the first time he's reeled that joke out, Right? This is like the second or third time he's done it. We were having a conversation before on a pod ages ago when we were talking about James Brown and he's <laughs> done that same line back then. So it's if you're a, a podcast regular... Time, so, <laughs> so I have to say, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again, guys. I'll tell you yeah, right now. Yeah, because I just, I just talked straight through it. He, he threw the punchline in and it was well-timed and I just carried on through it. And, it. and it was that bad that I totally blanked him that he even had to say... Did you get that joke there? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, if I didn't have the side chat open and I wasn't looking at you two laughing at each other and doing whatever else you were doing, uh, yeah, but I'd have completely gone through it. But, but we're just going back to the point we were making. Team lineup. Yeah, it's a good chance for him to make some changes. It's a good time for some players to find a bit of form, maybe for the strikers to score a goal or two. Uh, to get that little bit of confidence. We're not too far off, I think, we've shown at certain times. I think those two games off threw us a little bit. And as long as he sticks to the bread and butter formation, really, and doesn't try and do something clever. Well, so, well uh, this is actually a good talking point, mate, because I feel like it's important. That we, I thought we'd do the team lineups, right? So let's fly through the team first, what we'd think we'd play. If we was the manager, right? Bielkowski continues in goal. Would you or would you want to give Fielding a go in goal? I think personally, Fielding a goal. Go so you'd go. We go with complete change, pretty much. Okay, I I may be hesitant to change, but Fielding is obviously a competent backup and championship experience. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him in in the net on Saturday. Boreham Woods play five two three formation. That's how they line up five at the back. Gary Rowett is gonna match him, don't you think? I mean, I know it's Boreham Woods, but. The fact that they also play five at the back makes me think he might match him up. And I, I don't think it'll go down well, personally. What do you reckon? I think, yeah, but I think you're right. I think he will probably try and match him up. I'd go 4-4-2. Four, four, We're the championship club. We've got, yeah, we've got technically better players. Yeah, so let them worry about us as opposed to us worrying about them. So let's say 4-4-2 four, four, then, right? I agree with you, to be fair. So back four. We'd probably see Malone come into the side left back. Murray was suspended. Right back, we do want Romeo or McNamara. I personally, I think the way the club's been talking about McNamara, I want to hype him up a bit. I think, you know, it's like a new signing almost coming through the door, Mickey. <laughs> Sorry. Have you, have you, are you guys on your computers here? Yeah, what's up? Like, type in Millwall team and bring up 
bring up the team along the top bar on Google. What the fuck is that picture with Jake with Jake Cooper? <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, right? When you finish with this, or if you while you're listening to this, because you should be able to do it, just go into Google and type in Millwall team. Probably better on a on a desktop than a and a mobile phone, but it'll probably do the same on a mobile phone. If you scroll along the top of the players, you will see Joy Parrot in his Irish kit, and then there's a picture of Jake Cooper, who's yeah, definitely not. Out, that's not Jake Cooper. Yeah, no, we'll tweet it out. Yeah, we 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 when this show goes out. out, we'll tweet it out. And um, and yeah, you can have a look. That is not um, DJ Cooper. Just to pull it out there, it's no. not him. It's a it's a it's a model. I can see it on here. Who models for Burberry? So hey, good luck to him. That's probably why he's more famous than Jake Cooper plays for Millwall. But anyway, oh, sorry, um, Matt Namara. Yeah, have him in. I've, yeah, definitely, absolutely. I think it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I think what really struck me the most on social media is obviously he's come back, but the talking points, not only are the club tweeting a lot about him, almost like he's a new signing because there was an interview with him. There was pieces. I think Ben Thompson's also posted a picture with him. You know, like there's a lot of hype around this, which is obviously great Mm. to see, you know, a Millwall homegrown talent. But if you read his tweets when he's left, St. Johnson fans raving racks in Liverpool about him, saying how much they're going to miss him, but also how he's a cut above their league, which is obviously the Scottish Premier League. So, I mean, if there's any omers there, it maybe backs up the line of potentially Marlon Romeo leaving the club, which we kind of spoke about last week that I personally don't see. But, I mean, from what we what you said, Mickey, you reckon he might be off to Cardiff at one point. I don't know if that's still going to be a case or not. But if Matamara comes in and it becomes a decent option, it, it does give that option to maybe let Romeo go if we went to cash in on him. No, I agree. I, I, I think it gives us a, a brilliant option. Um, talking about, obviously, where we're going to do the team lineup. Um, are um, Parrot and um, Zahor cup-tied, or are they allowed to play? I was checking this, and I'm not sure on Sahor, but because Parrot's season on loan, providing he doesn't get called back before the weekend, which I don't think will be the case, our Parrot will be eligible to play in the cup, so, or will be legible to play in the cup, I, I should right. say. So, yeah, so he should be able to play. I don't see why he would be... Um, well, what, about, what about the others, Bennett, etc.? Are they all allowed, or are they... Bennett's, Bennett's our player. player. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking but, yeah, I think he'll be, um, it'll be a case of, you know, I think it's probably likely to be, like I said, I reckon Matt Murray will be in the team. Probably Alex Pierce gets recalled to the side instead of Sean Hutchinson and maybe Jack Cooper sent a half, guys. Would you go with that? I think he needs I think he needs a bit of height in there because they've got Matt Reed up front, haven't they? The big yeah, the big old they do. big old lump who played for Lincoln when they when they beat Burnley, didn't they, a couple of years four or five years ago. Uh so <laughs> Yeah, it all depends on, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you've got to actually play Pierce because if something goes wrong, and um, we need these people, we need these people fit, don't we? We need them playing games, and playing and playing Murray Wallace there isn't an option because he's obviously banned. So yeah, yeah. Why not bring Pierce in and? Cooper seems to play with dislocated shoulders and whenever he's fit anyway. So are, are I can't you, see any change there. Are you really, you really would drop Bart for Fielding, would you know? Yeah. Cup. I don't think he's dropping him. It's more so just giving Fielding a game. But I mean, personally, I would go with Bart, but I, would I could see where Bart. Neil's coming from. I would from. give Fielding a game because how many games he played for Millwall? One? Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And what happens if Beakowski gets injured next week? Yeah. 
Yeah, but this guy isn't playing. Yeah, Shouldn't have said that um, out loud. Jinx well, it's it. Yeah, it's no. one of those things. Yeah, you've got to yeah, you've got to give these people match action. So yeah, it's nothing against Bart. He's a great goalkeeper. But I think you need to yeah, we need to get these people involved in the first team at some point. And I think it boils down it boils down to how important you think the cup will be, which we'll get onto mm. in a minute. Let's talk about the rest of the team We're playing four four two. In the middle of the park, I reckon I'll probably go with Ben Thompson, if that's for sure. Uh, he needs a game, he's not playing for a while. The talking point is who goes next to him. I mean, I imagine it'll be Ryan Leonard's because obviously the pair of them missed out. It'd be interesting to see Thompson and Leonard in the middle. That's what I'd personally go for. I don't know what, Neil, what do you reckon of that as a potential pairing? Well, they've played together a couple of times, haven't they? I think that Leonard was a bit unlucky to get dropped last week unless he was one of those players that wasn't fully fit after, after his brush with the flu. Uh, or COVID, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, well, I've got no issues there as long as they don't put fucking Ryan Woods in. There. We will get on to Ryan Woods in a minute, don't worry. And then on the wings, I would probably go for Shane Ferguson to get a game at left wing, and yeah, I, and then probably Tyler Bury on the right wing to give Jed Wallace a game out. What do you reckon, guys? I think yeah. that's what I plan. Definitely yeah. get, um, get the young lad in. I think give him a run, um, see what he's capable of. Um, yeah, I think that probably makes sense. But who would you go up top, though? Well, yeah, so the one... Mahoney's actually due a game as well. I think that... Is he back from injury? Because obviously he's been out for a while. Yeah, but they were talking about him coming back mm-hmm. from injury for this game, weren't they, last week, week before? So if he's fit, I don't think he's probably fit enough to start the game. <laughs> but I think you'll find that he'll be in there. But yeah, no, well, I agree with Shane Ferguson. I think he... You have to play these people. To be fair to you, in a fortnight, you can't. Go on. And I was just saying to be fair to you, I don't, I don't know if he will make wholesale changes. I mean, I'm just looking at what the prize money is. Um, and right now, Mill could do with that money. It's sixty-one and a half thousand for winning, and twenty thousand, twenty, twenty thousand five hundred for losing. Um, Mill wants that money. I mean, yeah, the next round is ninety. Yeah, Nine, but, next round's 90 grand. I feel yeah, like a nice structure show. Yeah, but we got fucked over last week and played like a bunch of cunts. So, no, I agree. No, I'm just, no, it's only something where I just looked at him and where, you know, we, we're sitting there talking about, you know, we put these players in and all that, which we need to have put in to, to give it a different run of form to see if, if it changes anything. I think ultimately, the fact there's 60 grand on the line. Which is good, a good talking point, actually. But I think you're right because you know you do want to put out a strong side that's going to compete and win the game. But you've got to back our reserves to go in there and do the job if you want to give him a game as well. Equally, mm-hmm. I feel like so it's a fine balance. But I'd like to see Tyler Bury on the right. I think we'll talk about him for a second. I think his pace, his blistering pace, it, it will be a hopefully a real stumbling point for Bournemouth. I, I can't see him. It, it might be him a chance for him to get in the window to get a loan move to Bournemouth down the line. You don't know that. Yeah, but people actually use pace against us, don't they? Let's face it. They've targeted that we're not that quick in certain areas of the pitch. So I think we need to play to our strengths. And if and if he thinks Tyler Bury's good enough, well, you've got to play him, haven't you? Yeah, why not? What have you got to lose? It's only an FA Cup tie after all. And then I imagine up top, I mean, a lot of fans, if we're talking about wholesale changes and young players to play, George Alexander wouldn't be far from a shout. But I imagine he'll probably go for Parrot and maybe Sahor if Sahor's eligible to play. I think it's a good opportunity for the two of them to try and start, start track partnerships between, between the two of them. And if Sahor's available to play, I know he gets recalled, I think, mid 
uh, January with his loan clause. But if he's available to play, I'd like to person. Yeah, I'd like to see him play personally, especially because you never know. He might put in a blinding performance. We might want to sign him off the back of that. So, I mean, at least on a loan deal. I think he's got what ten days left of his loan. Right. And time's run. And time's actually running out. If we want to see this guy fit and we want to make a decision on this guy, then. But will West Brom let him become cup tied? Potentially. Big Sam. We have to hopefully do us a solid ex-mill player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Willie. Yeah, but it's a strange one. I wouldn't play George Alexander. I'd put him on the bench and bring him on for the last 10 minutes, depending upon how it's going. Mm-hmm. If not, would Matt Smith cause them some problems or 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 it's an ideal opportunity for somebody like Tom Bradshaw to you, you, you able to run at them, you able, as we saw yesterday, you able, it looks like a nice surface. So the ball will probably zip about a bit and give her that could suit him, get in behind him and hopefully score a couple of goals, get his confidence up. Agreed, mate. But, I mean, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I think you've sent some interesting stats in there, obviously, with regards to the FA Cup. I mean, one stat that I like to bandish out is obviously since the turn of 2003-2004 season, I think we're like in the top five for the most successful results in the FA Cup. Obviously, we've won 32 games. We know why, because we came close a couple of years ago. And even back to that, obviously, we go back to the 2004 FA Cup final, which obviously Barry Kogan and Robbie Ryan touched on. But you've got an interesting stat there about non-league sides and our record against them as well, Neil. Yeah, we've lost quite a few times, actually. <laughs> yeah, but it's not until you actually run through it. But interestingly, I don't think we've been beaten by a non-league team since Woking beat us at home in 96, 97. Mm-hmm. 1-0 after a 2-2 game but in 53-54 we drew at Headington United which is now Oxford United we drew 3-3 then lost 1-1 uh, 58 1-0 yeah so 1-0 1-1 there <laughs> I can't read sorry I've got a uh, 58-59 we lost 5-2 at Worcester City I think they went on to play Liverpool that year had Roy Paul in the side there's, there's some I was told by a player that played in the game that all was not well with that game, that potentially uh, some backhanders were exchanged. Then the following season, we lost 3-1 at Bath. Uh, 63-64, we lost 3-2 at Kettering. 65-66, we lost 1-0 against Hereford. Then there was the infamous 82-83 game against Slough, where I think... We played awful. We lost 1-0. Bath chairman accused Dean Neal of causing £200 worth of damage to a door on his way to an early bath. It was, uh, I think there was a couple of players sent off and Dean Neal lost his, uh, yeah, lost it slightly. And then there was the Woking game. So we have got history and that's how, well, we're not rewriting another. I think banana skin potential is definitely there. I think um, in more recent times, obviously, like you said, I think it's been 20-some years now since we last lost a, a non-league side in the FA Cup. We've obviously had a lot of them at home, though. I remember we had Dagenham and Redbridge a few years ago, Harry Kane featuring that side. We got a cut very play well, 5-0 in the second game. Oh, that um, was awful, that first game. Yeah, I remember it. Cool. I think it was on TV as well that day. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then we also had, I think, more recent times, Luton, obviously, were one where we... Again, I think drew the oh no, we we won the away game. That was the one where Mickey always talks about James Henry getting pushed into a dog by um, Alan Dunn. 
we so we do have a bit of history in more recent times to be more successful so hopefully that can continue on saturday so we'll move swiftly on to some transfer news and obviously stuff that's happened in the last few days since we've last recorded guys and jason malumbi touted as for the last couple of weeks of coming back to millwall committed to preston north end for the rest of the season now a bit of backstory to this news at then and i think richard crawley broke the story yesterday that Millwall put in a club record bids to uh sign jason malumbi so it stinks of Chris Wood to me, guys. I'm not going to lie. You know, that whole, we've put in a bid to try and match it and try and, you know, try and get him at the time. I think Malumbi, we knew Brighton weren't going to sell, were we? Let's be honest. I mean, he's a young player that signed for a four-year deal in the summer. So, what's your thoughts, Mickey? I think the only reason he went in the papers was because I knew bad news was coming. They, um, you know, did they put did they put the bid in? Was Brighton, did Brighton turn it down? We don't know probably put a bid in but if a team don't want to sell the player they're never going to sell the player are they um why we didn't go for a loan deal i can understand possibly that you don't want to tie yourself up with money what's dead um and the fact that you know gary's trying to build a new team um and obviously you don't want to put loans in and then six months a year's time those loans are going back and and you've got to start all over again so i do understand but i just Typical Millwall, isn't it? It's you know, but saying that, by the time this show comes out on Friday or or you know this time next week, we're probably signed two absolute stonkers um, and break club records. But you know, I don't know. But it typical Millwall all over again, isn't it? It shows the intent, Neil, doesn't it? It shows if if we're going to take it on the face of the comment and say there is no smoke trying to hide something here, and maybe Millwall knew it was going to happen. I mean, devil's advocate, devil's like here in me can say. You know, we released it in the morning and in the evening he's up in Preston miles away from Brighton signing on loan. So maybe it wasn't the case that we was close. But if we take the comment as it is, there's intent there from the club to try and back the manager. Well, one or two points I'd like to pick up on. I think somebody tweeted today that Mill can only have one more loan player. So would, maybe yeah. so maybe they're a bit undecided about Cancer Hall. Mm. Yeah. So they want to keep their options open. Uh, as to get somebody in on loan, maybe they've got a target to bring in. You never know. Uh, well, this Malumbi thing, it's like the second coming, isn't it? It's Chris Wood, Andros Tangs, and Jason Punch, and all rolled into one, isn't it? I think they're not particularly wise to release that, if what Mickey said's correct, because all they've done now is they've just alerted to people. So the fact that we're willing to spend upwards of one and a half, two million pounds on a player, yeah, which yeah, which isn't the brightest thing to do. If we've got if we've got other targets in mind, that price is automatically going to shoot up, isn't it? Well, I mean, that's it, it though. Is it, is it a war chest that Gary Rowett's got, or is it John Berylson only stepping for the right player? I think it's actually a case of. John Berylson has always said that if the right player Correct. comes along, yeah, we will, we will back the manager. sign that player. That's it. And I think that's it's, it's almost a no-brainer with Malumbi. You look at Malumbi and you know what he's going to give you. And you saw it last season. And you know Brighton think highly of him because they give him a four-year deal. So it's like, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. You set him for a similar fee a few years down the line. So Yeah, but football doesn't work like that. That's, yeah. But it's, you've got to take the risks, I suppose. And that's it. Clubs but... will see that we were willing to spend upwards of whatever our record fee is, one and a half hand on Malumbi. Mm -hmm. So they're going to try and now screw as much as they possibly can out of us for players. Yeah, it's... 
you know, it's not wise to release that kind of thing. And I'm a journalist who made a living writing football gossip. So yeah, I, I would have, I would have probably thought it was a genuine and nothing in it if it hadn't been come out by Richard Crawley, because Richard Crawley and, and South London Press is is the club's you know media partner as such. And I think that. If it had come out from somewhere else, you probably wouldn't have oh, been yeah, so no, sceptical. Yeah, no, but the fact that it's come right. from him. And also, if you go back, you know, cast your mind back, every time we've not got a player, guaranteed the morning the night before, Richard Crawley will be putting something out. And then yeah, all no, of a well, sudden, we get the bad news the next day. It's yeah, as if they're just yeah, preempting. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it was preempting bad news. Mill would have known yeah. in the morning yeah. when that time went out. Exactly. They would have known that he's, he's on his way to Preston because, let's yeah. be honest, Brighton to Preston, it's a fair old, like chop up there. He, They would have known he was on his way out there at that time. And they'd yeah, probably they really got that news at, what, eight, nine o'clock at night? They haven't, yeah, they haven't just decided at four o'clock in the afternoon that he's going up there. It was also to take a lot of... It's longer to get up there. Mm. Yeah, it's also to take a lot of the heat out, wouldn't it? Then he has to do all the media stuff, and that all takes a day. Mm. That all takes a day to get out. Yeah, he was up there the night before. He was in a hotel the night before. He was there all day, medical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He was up there the night before doing everything. Um, and they knew, and they knew. You just need to look at the time Richard put that story out. He, he's- this summer, LL Bean invites you to simply step outside and enjoy the fresh air and sunshine. We'll be your guide with tips and advice to get more out of every moment outdoors. Here's one: set yourself up for easy backyard adventures by leaving a tote bag with the essentials right by the door. Sunscreen, bug spray, and a few hats or pairs of sunglasses. Now you'll never need to search your house to find them. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. It used to be hard to find the exact auto parts you needed, and that meant spending a lot of time at swap meets. It's a different game now when you can order exactly what you need from eBay Motors. They have 122 million parts, so you can always find the right fitment. Spend less time searching and more time building with the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride been given that story to put out and it's gone out and it's also probably to take a lot of the a lot of the razzmatazz away from Preston and to be honest uh, you have a look on the message boards and it will be that that Malumbi snubbed Millwall (laughs) because certainly judging by some of the stick he's getting online that's definitely the case isn't it so so it's actually quite a smart move by Millwall because it shifts it well, we haven't failed, even though we all know Brighton were never going to sell him in a month for Sundays, were they? Because they've already said we just want him to go out on loan That's and to get some experience, yeah? So, so putting in a club record bid was quite a futile move. Yeah, as I said, he's on a four-year deal there and he signed it in the summer. And like they're not going to sell him half a season after that. Unless they did, it would be silly money for Mills to pay for him. So I don't think that ever is going to happen, unfortunately for us. Go on, here. Do you think that our run of form could have made that decision? Because obviously he wants to keep himself fit, doesn't he? Because Qatar's next year for Ireland and he's gone up there and he's playing. They've got a couple of Irish boys in the Preston team as well, haven't they? Is it, is it, you know, was it, trouble is you're not going to know, was it his decision or was it the club's decision where they think he will benefit the most or is it 50-50? You know, does he think that he'll probably get more games at Preston than he would with us? No, I think that we were only willing for a permanent transfer myself. 
I think if the offer was there, I reckon he, if he had the choice between Millwall and Preston for half a season, I reckon he'd have come back to Millwall. Safe, trusted, knows he's going to play. Preston, he's got to go in early corn like he did with us, you know. When, remember when he came in under Harris, he didn't play a lot. Then he came in later in the season under Rowett and, you know, went into... Yeah, would you want to live in Preston? Not from Brighton. Listen, listen, Frankie. It's depressing. Listen, old dumb Andrew Flintoff, mate, will probably disagree with you. He's a Preston boy, isn't he? Um, He'd yeah, probably so say it's a lovely place. Swanee. Yeah, well, so will my mate Swanee, but I don't want to bloody live there. And he also yeah. said, Flintoff, that the only good thing about Yorkshire was going through the M62, which I read somewhere the other day. So <laughs> it's because he's from Lancashire. Exactly. Isn't he? So, you know, <laughs> the only reason that came to my head is I saw a tweet of that, someone doing it the other day. But yeah, I mean, so look, we missed out on Malumbi, guys. Um, it might have brought the best out of a player that comes to mind going by the name of Brian Woods. Now, if you've uh, if you follow us quite intently on social media, you'd have known that I guested on a second tier podcast the other day. Who we will get on one day to talk about Mill in a bit more detail as well, because they're quite knowledgeable in their stuff uh, with the whole league. But yeah, I mean, I was quite the saying, and I, I stick by a lot of this. You know, he's obviously out of form, but the uproar from it online is just it, it brought a little smile to my face this morning because no one really knows if you know if it's Ryan Woods himself as the player or if it's the club. Is it the way he's playing under Rowett? Ultimately, last season under Gary Rowett with Malumbi and Woods, you could see a pair in nurturing there that was going to be, you know, top draw for this division. Malumbi goes, this season, you can't deny Woods has dipped off in form, Neil, can you? No, I think, and it showed. It showed he missed out on two games or they dropped him for two games and results instantly picked up. I'd like to know how much of that decision last week was down to... Uh, the fact that players had COVID, were still recovering from it, was still, yeah, maybe he was one of the ones that wasn't affected and um, whatever. And he was able to keep himself ticking over and the others just weren't in a position to start. I think but, it divides the fan base's opinion and it always has done with a player like Woods, you know. I think back to, you know, who I'm thinking of at the moment. Uh, wingers, typical mill wingers. James Henry, for example, was another one. That's almost the same kind of stick he gets. is similar to Woods here, where you can just see the quality. Liam Trotter. Liam Trotter that's, I literally came to my mind since I said James Henry there. Liam Trotter is another one. Trotter was called lazy all the time, but ultimately he scored eight or nine goals in that first season in the Championship, didn't he, after we got promoted. So it's like, I've got a stick for calling, say, a mill-type player. I personally don't agree with a mill-type player. But there is elements that you need to play for Millwall. And I think with Woods, I just I think the way we play just doesn't cater to him. It doesn't. You know, we, you, he's relying, he he shuttles the ball around. It's an important role in the team if you want to play from the back. If you want to try and, you know, get players moving around him, your wing backs bombing on down the pitch. Something apparently how Bond would play, which we'll find out on Saturday. You know, you, you need players that are competent at passing the ball around the back four passing the ball around the back five. And I think the problem is with Woods is he's made it to look a lot worse for a player because of the rest of the players dipping in form. And I don't agree with... I, I personally don't think he should be making penetrating passes forward. A lot of criticism that I got was that I said he doesn't make penetrating passes. I don't think he should be doing that. It's not his job to do that. You want him to get the ball to the likes of Romeo, to Malone lapping forward, to Jed Wallace on the wide areas, because they're the players that are going to, you know, get the assist, get the goals... Basically, Woods is a player in fantasy football that you don't want because he doesn't make assists, doesn't score goals, but he has an important role in the team. And I'm coining a phrase there from my friend in the group chat earlier on today that said that. It's, it's true, though, isn't it, Mickey? Like, I know you what you think of Woods, so I'm going to let you off the hook now and kind of see what you've got to say about it, mate. But I, sh- I don't think it's going to work out here for him. I've done a poll before you go on, mate, where I said, 
Ryan Woods, random poll, but I kind of summed up the four kind of views at the moment. So it was over 300 votes. So best player we've got was an option. 15% said that. Scapegoated unfairly was 60%. Just won't work out here was 18%. And get rid was 5%. What's your view, mate? I, I, I think there's something about him. He's obviously a bowler. You, you know that he can play, but he just doesn't work in, the, in that team. At the moment, when we didn't have him in there, we looked a completely different team. With him in the team we look like we just can't fucking play. And, you know, don't get me wrong, he can he can pull off some some blinding shots. He can stick a ball on a penny. Do you know what I mean? He, he, I'm not saying that he's a shit player. What I'm saying is, is that when he's playing in Millwall, he, is a, he, he, he doesn't bring anything to it. He's just not unbelievable. And where you suddenly go, he needs to be in that team every week because there, there isn't anything there. So, with a prime example of when he's not in there the way we play, my choice would be don't have him in. But again, if he if he plays and has a blinding, then of course, fucking great. But he's he's not giving us anything to go, you know what, he's a fantastic player. Would he be a fantastic player in another team? Maybe. But look at all that grief today um, online. Um, there's lots of people from his past clubs who are going, didn't really do a lot with us either. Not that great. You know, we didn't rate him. He's an underrated player or he's an overrated player. Brentford so- fans would wax, wax Liverpool by him. Brentford fans love him off because okay. Brentford Brentford play pretty football though. Look at Brentford. All their players are capable of getting the ball, taking a touch, making a good pass. Warren Woods gives it to Jake Cooper. What's Jake Cooper going to do, do with it? Bless him, Jake Cooper. You can tell he's come on leaps and bounds, but Jake Cooper is a proper defender. He's not your typical modern day centre-half because mm-hmm. if he was, Jake Cooper would be in the Premier League right now. The same yeah, goes yeah. to other players in our team that we've always spoke about. Marlon Romeo, his end products on the on the ball's poor. Mm-hmm. I'm not doubting Woods is a good player. I just I don't think, and this is the same scenario we had, even with Richard Chaplow that I mentioned earlier online today. Monopoly man. Remember Richard Chaplow? Like he came to us on loan from Southampton and he had Bonded. three or four good games. And I it was one game in particular where, you know, after the FA Cup run, Danny Shitu, that's what we do, away to Charlton, Richard Chaplow bossed the game, was unbelievable. And I remember walking out of that game, Sean Larry also scored that worldy free kick that day and thinking, Rich Chaplow is top draw. We signed him in the summer under Steve Lomas, bring in the likes of Nicky Bailey as well. And then Rich Chaplow was fucking shit, dreadful, literally lost it. And I think Woods is falling into a similar category here. I really do think it where he's played well, he's got that talent. You see him, he's getting drilled and doing these certain things. Comes to Millwall and something changes, something doesn't work. And I think personally, I wonder what they get up to the training ground sometimes. I think I said it online the other day, like you watch Millwall play and this maybe is criticism of Gary Rowett. You don't know how Millwall play. What If I was talking to someone neutral, I couldn't tell you how Millwall line up anymore because in the past it used to be under Harris, play up to the top. Under Rowett, it's aimlessly passing it around the back. At the moment, he's given up on that, but I couldn't really say what our style of play is in the last couple of games. Maybe we should, once this is over, Omar, maybe once the lockdown and whatnot's out, maybe we should go for a bit of a an exercise, walk past the uh, training ground one day on training and, and we record something from watching it there, mate, and see what they do. It's a criticism, I feel like. I will say it. And I think it's probably something I've got, like, because I'm sitting on the fence a lot, but I think Rowett, you can just... I think it's a criticism of him as a manager at the moment. You can tell he's just not got... Either he doesn't have faith in the players, which is a possibility, and he wants back in to get his own types of players in, which backs up the January window and who we're being linked to. Links Alan Campbell from Motherwell at the moment. Never seen him play before, so I can't pretend I know what he's like. But from reports, he's a good midfielder, likes to get on the ball and pass it around, but also has a tackle in him. Winner, 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 chicken dinner, if that's the case. But 
you just watch us play. And like, there's no pattern of play to us. Bielsa at Leeds, right? Gets so much praise. I, I think not as much. He doesn't need to get that much praise, by the way. But you can't knock him because he's took an average Leeds team. Half the players are still there in the championship. They're now playing in the Premier League and turning up at these sort of big rounds and putting in performance. You watch Leeds play, you know exactly what every player is doing every time he gets the ball. Millwall, it's like, give Jed Wallace the ball. Hopefully he does something. Hopefully Ryan Woods can do something with the ball. You should, I don't know. I, just, I don't see a pattern of play to our start. It's like a school team, isn't it? You know, where, you, where your PE teacher goes, right, you're going to pass to Omar and Neil for getting the trouble because those two are the best people here. So let them do everything and we'll just work off them. So get the ball, stick it forward. One of them's going to do something with it. And that's pretty much how we're playing at the minute. We're not doing That's why, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, Parrot and Zahor there basically seeing what those two can do because they've both got pace. They're both, you know, football minds. They're, they're talented pair of kids and, and or talented pair and, and we'll see what they can do you know put a bit of life in the team and see if it see if it does something I'm hoping I'm proved wrong right but this is a crossroads this is a massive crossroads right now yeah, January yeah, window definitely. it stinks of like how it was under Holloway when we backed him to sign seven or eight players I put it in there Neil so I'll let you say your piece but this is this is a crossroads isn't it big time the problem is we don't create <laughs> We do not create chances. Mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp said last week, he said it's fairly simple. He said you can have yeah, whoever you want up front. Uh, yeah, as long as you create chances. The more chances you create, the more goals you're going to score. We don't create chances and we don't score goals. It's quite simple. But he hasn't worked that out. You're right, we are at a crossroads. We need to decide what we're doing. Uh, the football hasn't been good, let's face it. Yeah, and maybe we shouldn't be singling out one player, but his body language at times is shocking. He'll lose the ball and he'll just stand there or he'll amble back, won't he, and things like that. But, yeah, well, maybe it is a bit unfair, but the common denominator is that we took him out the side for two games and and we won one and drew one, didn't we? Gone on an absolute tangent here, haven't I? But I get worked up about it because I want us to kick on and do well in this league, but... It's Millwall. Who am I fooling myself, to be honest? So, yeah, I mean, I feel like I want to move on to our interview with Matthew Massiano, who came on for us from Bibsy Free County. So I'm going to play that now and then we'll come back to a little bit of a close from me, Mickey and Neil shortly. OK, a warm welcome to Matthew Messiano from Bibsy Free County's radio. How are you doing? You're right. Yeah, very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Omar. Not a problem. Thank you for coming on. It's much appreciated. So obviously we're previewing the game Saturday, which is obviously the first, uh, the third round of the FA Cup, Boreham Wood versus Millwall. I mean, I'd had a quick flick through uh, Boreham Wood from a Millwall standpoint. Obviously, we're not in the same division and obviously low down the spectrum, so to speak. But Boreham Wood were quite unlucky last season, I see. You know, they got into the playoffs and lost to Harrogate. And this season, they seem to have picked up form recently, but they're maybe a mid-table side at the moment. Is that fair to say? Uh, I think that they would probably say that they have started slowly this season, but um, it's almost like their FA Cup form has started to bleed into their league form. And, and ever since uh, December, they've been unbeaten. They've uh, they've won four in a row and uh, they're looking a lot better than they were earlier. Goals is still a problem for them. They still need to try and find more of those, but mm-hmm. they've got the best defensive record in the league. And um, like you say, last season, they were a bit unlucky. They 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 lost in the playoff semi-finals to the eventual winners, Harrogate and... You know, it's um, it's it's like the rebuilding process for this season has started. It, it should have really been a case that they went into this season strong and, and should be 
a lot higher up than they were. But you know, sometimes in football, things don't work out that, that way. I think probably Millwall are probably a, a club in a similar position where last season you had a good uh, a good campaign, just finishing outside the playoffs, and this season it hasn't really taken off for you in the way that you'd want it to. So we're we're two clubs that are in quite similar positions, albeit in different leagues. Yeah, I mean, so I was looking through, obviously, you mentioned the form picking up. I think they won the last four. The last loss was against Altrinham. Um, Luke Garrard, is it the manager? He's been there for five and a bit years now, but looks fit. Is it? Is he just, um, in our case, obviously, with Rowett, we're kind of in a transitional stage where he's been there for a year or so. But it's, Luke's been there for five years, hasn't he? And is it just a case of they're ticking along? I mean, they've been kind of conference for that time, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. They got promoted from the National League South uh, five or so years ago uh, under Ian Adamson and Luke Garrard was the assistant manager at the time. Um, and then after nearly a year under Ian Adamson, he decided that he wasn't able to to, to uh, carry on professionally because um, once you change from going from National League South to the National League, uh, it's quite one of those things where you decide are we going to go professional rather than semi-professional? And once they changed over to um, training in the day rather than evening training and things like that, he wasn't able to to carry on with that. So they needed to replace the manager. And they naturally thought, well, you know, we've got a really good assistant here in, in Luke Garrard. He's played for the team. He's, you know, he's got lots of experience with the likes of AFC Wimbledon. Let's give him a go. And uh, it's been fantastic. He's been a really, really, really good guy. He's come in, he's steadied the ship. And then he, um, after a couple of seasons, narrowly lost out to taking them up to League Two when they when they lost in the playoff final to Tramere Rovers. So um yeah he's he's a he's a great uh he's a great head. Um he, you know he's a he's a young guy but he he really knows his stuff and um I suspect that uh, even if Boreham Wood don't go up soon he certainly will get his chance in the football league because uh he's a good young manager and, and he deserves it. What can we expect from a Luke Garrard side? Is it uh, pretty on the eye to watch or is it kind of up and at you, so to speak? Or what's the style of play they typically go for? Uh, Luke's got his favourite formation, which is a 3-5-2. Uh, he really likes to utilise the wing-backs in Kane Smith and Sorba Thomas. Um, they tend to have an attacking midfielder. This season, that's been Corey Whiteley. Um, and then up top, they've been playing Kabongo Chimanga, who got nearly 20-odd goals last season, and, and uh, he's usually partnered with either Matt Reed or, or Shaquille Coulthurst. So um, that's generally the way they play, yeah. Interesting, because uh, I don't know if you cover... I know you, you mentioned you do bits for Watford in the past on your podcast, but um, we all play three at the back, or a 5-3-2 as well, which is uh, or 5-2-3 if we're going to get the technicalities of it. So is it often that teams will come up against them and match them up, do you think? or Because it's obviously been an interesting point for us there, because... A lot of Millwall fans on our side were quite, you know, hesitant to play five at the back. But it's something that you say Boreham would always play, is that? Yeah, they've been playing 3-5-2 for a little while now. And it's a formation that really works for them, particularly because with 3-5-2, with it's heavily um, based on wing-backs. And they've got two fantastic ones in Kane Smith and Sorbo Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of clubs are looking at Sorbo Thomas, actually, in, in the division that you're in, in the championship. And, and um, he's a real talent. And, and Kane Smith on the other side is... Is very very good as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if to, to see those guys play in the football league at some point in their careers. Um, as for what teams tend to do when they come to Meadow Park, I would say a lot of the time they do tend to to, to copy the shape that Boreham would have, have got. But when you've got a team like Millwall coming who have got vast amounts of quality, um, I think Millwall could pretty much play whichever formation they want, and and it wouldn't really matter if they had to. Uh, well, they, they wouldn't they wouldn't decide to. Um, to match up or what I don't think in this case it might be the case that that's the formation they would have played anyway so so they, they might be matching them up just because that's the way it would have been but um 
I mean, the quality that Mill will have, they probably, I mean, they, they, they shouldn't underestimate Borenwood by any means, but um, they shouldn't be afraid of them because, you know, you don't get to the championship uh, just with average players. No, of course. I mean, so I noticed on the FA Cup run, they've had three games so far, Boreham Woods. I think it was a 2-0 win over Wimborne Town, a 4-3 penalty win after drawing 3-3 with struggling South End, and mm-hmm. then a 3-0 win against Canvey last time out. And you yeah. mentioned uh, Kabongo Shimango. He's got 3-3 three three in the FA Cup. Is he would maybe consider a danger man, would you say, for Boreham Wood? Oh, absolutely. He's a real predator in the box and um, he's got an awful good shot on him as well. He's, a, he's another good player in this, in this division who, um, you know, we, we were very grateful that he stayed with Boreham Wood this year because uh, he was really hitting the back of the net a lot of times last season. And and he's another one of those players who um, this season, it hasn't really kicked off for him in the way that he wanted to. He should probably have a lot more goals than he has in the league currently. Um, I mean, the top goal scorer for Boreham Wood is actually Gus Mafuta, who's a central midfielder on on four. So, you know, Shimanga needs to um, start upping those goals. But he, he recently he hit uh, two against uh the nearby rivals Barnet and um, he's starting to get there again this season. So hopefully he can pick that up. And once he does, um, um, I have no doubt that Boreham Wood will start climbing the league uh, and and, and they're they're very close to the playoffs as it is. So on the uh, three games I mentioned there, the FA Cup, um, this is probably the first time I've really noticed Boreham Wood get to the third round. Forgive me for my ignorance if that's not the case, but it's been a little while maybe since they've got to this uh, uh, this stage of the FA Cup. Yeah, that's because this, this is the first time they've ever done it. Um, they've been to the second round twice before, um, but the third round they've never been able to reach uh, until they, they beat Canvey Island. And um, it's a big day out for Boreham Wood. You know, they're, they're probably the smallest side in the National League uh, on fan base, but um, they've got big dreams and, and they, you know, they, they don't see the FA Cup third round as, um, as being the end of their their dream either. They want to carry on and, and they, they know they've got a good chance against Millwall, especially playing at home. So yeah, they, they're, um, they're, they're, they're coming into this as underdogs, but um, you know, they, they, by, they by no means should be taken lightly because they've got some really good players and, and on their day, they, they can upset teams just like they did against Southend United. It's quite, a, I was looking through like the squad list. It's quite a fine balance. I noticed the likes of Mark Ricketts, Danny Woodards and mm-hmm. Matt Reed, you mentioned obviously as well. Yeah. Kind of blended in with the likes of Cool Friss. Obviously, I think at one point Peterborough paid quite a bit of money from him from Tottenham Hotspur, tried to take a risk on him to be their next main striker, so to speak. But it seems to be like a quite nice blend between young and old in that squad, at least on the face of it. Yeah, yeah, there is a good mix. Uh, Mark Ricketts is the captain. He's uh, an experienced head. He's been around uh, a lot of clubs and, and he's often uh, ended up being the uh, sort of the figurehead there just because he's got the experience and, and he and he he knows how to lead a team. And, and then you've got, like you say, the likes of Danny Woodards, um, up until recently, Ricky Shakes. Um, he's, he's moved on now, but they, they've got some 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 older heads there who, who uh, to be fair, Ricketts was, was featuring quite regularly until he until he got injured. Um, I believe he's on the men, so he might be able to feature against Millwall. We're not sure yet. But um, Woodard's has certainly been a guy who's lending himself more towards the coaching side of things now. Um, he does uh, feature on the bench. He hasn't played too much this season. He's, I think he's trying to get his badges and he's going to work his way um, to, to, to sort of in the coaching realms. But um, he's still got a lot of experience and he can add in, um, you know, his thoughts on the game to the players, particularly things like half time and, and before the game to try and give them his words of wisdom and yeah, it is a good little mix there, and 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 you know, they've they've got the youth in there as well. That um, like I mentioned, the, the talented players of, of Thomas and well, Smith starting to get a bit more into his twenties now. But um, 
you know, it's a it's a good little setup they've got there, and, and it's a good squad, and, and they they probably should be higher than where they are. So you mentioned obviously being a big occasion, third round of the FA Cup. I mean, I guess COVID, we're living in a COVID world at the moment. Is it? Would you say it's kind of hit Boringwood quite hard, or are they kind of managing the wave, so to speak? I mean, it's obviously testing times for a lot of clubs, but we hear low down the divisions, it's financially really unstable for especially conference sides. Yeah, absolutely. Every club's been hit by this, hasn't it? And, and the National League is, is is no different. And in fact, because teams lower down the pyramid rely so much on the, the income they get from fans coming through turnstiles, it's been a, a really a difficult period for them. They did sign something with the government that allowed them to get um, payments uh, every month. And and that's uh, been a real lifeline. But um, uh, they've also been able to um, to get generate some money from streams, as, as, as with all... Um, lower league teams have been able to, to put on their streaming and I've been fortunate enough to commentate for that. But um, like you say, it's, 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 it's been a real deficit in the, uh, in the income balance spreadsheet and um, clubs that clubs that, you know, need to, to, to get generate money wherever they can. And the FA cup could be a lifeline for them because uh, you know, there's a lot of money involved in the FA cup, but the higher you get in it and um, a win here could, could really help Boreham and, 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 you know, clubs of similar sizes. You mentioned the angle of that. I mean, so like the fixtures, obviously, up to this point, I suppose South End would have been the testing game. But I suppose if, like, for the club's point of view, it's, it maybe have they took the cup quite seriously? Would you say has it been a case of you know full team all three games so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, especially against um, you know, the, the teams they've come up against. Um, you could say they've been a bit fortunate in the fact that you've always felt like they're really got a good chance in the tie there's there's been no teams until Millwall really where you've said this team might be one step too too far um because when you when you had a Wimborne Town they were a team that were obviously lower in the division so you'd expect Bournemouth to win that one against Southend United they were a team struggling at the bottom of League Two and and you know top of top of National League bottom of League Two probably not a massive difference in terms of quality and then playing Canvey Island, uh, another team that's below them. So they've been a bit lucky uh, with the draw, um, but they've had to go out there and win those games. You know, you, you don't get um, given games just based on on where the team is sitting in the in the division. And you know, you see cup exits all the time, so they're certainly capable of of, of beating Millwall on their day. But I think this will be the the toughest test they've come up against, surely. Yeah. Cool. I mean, so I was just obviously more things where I was just kind of trying to familiarise myself with Bournemouth. I noticed they do a ground share at Meadow Park and they get a lot of credit for their football pitch. I mean, we won't talk so much about the pitch side, but, you know, they've got they share it with um, the Arsenal women's and the Arsenal youth sides. Is that still correct? And also the Watford reserves? Uh, I don't think the Watford reserves play there anymore. But yeah, certainly the Arsenal, uh, the Arsenal ladies and the um, and the Arsenal youth team as well play there. And it's a fantastic pitch, probably the best pitch outside of the championship, I'd say. It's a, a deso pitch. It means it's it's, it's uh, the grass that's been hybrid with, with the with the um, the hybrid grass. So it, it's basically a replica of the Emirates pitch that, that Arsenal play on. Um, it doesn't have undersoil heating, but other than that, it's um it's a very very lovely pitch. Very rarely games are called off because of that these days. Um, and the stadium itself is is being built up as well. Um, not so long ago there was just one. St- stadium side and, and now they've got three stands um they built the north stand just last year and it, it looks fantastic there and um it's just waiting for the fans to come back and, and, and occupy it absolutely it's the same case for us i mean I'm missing football 
desperately. But obviously, people like yourself, obviously, fortunate to be there, but also commentate and report on games is always greatly appreciated. I think I'm going to wrap this up with uh, one last question for you here, Matt. I mean, it's a prediction okay. prediction question as as per. What, what's the your gut feeling? And also, what do you think is a sensible prediction for the game Saturday? I think it won't go to a replay, I don't believe, because obviously I think they've postponed the replays. But what can you see happening from Saturday's game? Yeah, um, I think if it gets to half time uh, and it's drawing, um, I could see Bournemouth managing to force it into into a penalty shootout. And um, who knows when it gets to penalty shootout stage, it could potentially go either way. So uh, I'll stick with Bournemouth just because I feel like I have to. But I'll say uh, Bournemouth would win on the penalties. That would be a great spectacle. Thank you so much for coming on today. And it's much appreciated. And you can find Matt on social media, is it, I believe? Do you want to plug your handle? Yeah, at Messi Messiano, and um, you'll often find me on BBC Three Counties uh, covering Boreham Woods uh, on the BBC Sport website. Superb stuff. Thank you again, Matt. No worries. So thanks to Matthew from BBC Three Counties. I also done a piece for him down the line with Watford, but um, we'll see if we get around to that later down the line. As always, thanks so much for listening, guys. If you've enjoyed, please be sure to follow us on Spotify, also on Apple Podcasts or any provided podcasts that are out there. Also leave us a review because we really like to see your reviews. Five star will do, but if you want to call Mickey a Welsh cunt, go ahead and do it. And uh, yeah, I think that's all from me today. Thanks for tuning in everyone and speak to you soon. Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits may require comprehensive coverage. With bills to pay and debt piling up, it's easy to feel overwhelmed. Personal loans through NetCredit can provide funding up to $10,000 to help you get back on track financially if eligible. Our secure application process allows you to customize the terms that work for you and your budget. So check your eligibility today without affecting your credit score and help get your finances back on track. NetCredit, a more personal, personal loan. All NetCredit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the NetCredit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport powered by fans.